Thank you for joining us. This podcast episode is a case study on why we need compassion. This episode is looking at our connection as human, how compassion can help us to foster communication with strangers and the importance of having compassion in our life. This is a conversation between three people who were totally strangers from different backgrounds and became friends. Dorothy, Ilana, and myself became friends through a visitation group in New Jersey called First Friend. Dorothy and Ilana were visiting asylum seekers in this detention center, and now I asked them to join me to discuss about why we need compassion. Listen to the conversation. If a layman, like somebody who doesn't know anything about compassion, if you were to tell them about compassion, how would you explain it to them? I think compassion is to really understand uh, another person and have empathy for their situation and them as a person. It it involves respect, empathy, it it involves listening, uh, understanding. Why do you do this work? I think, you know, I started it out of a, I couldn't believe that people actually got put in detention. I just, I guess um, I couldn't believe it. And then I went and then it was just outrage. And so I think that's what got me, got me started. But then I'm just fascinated by different people and different cultures. So I think that's what kept me going. Um, It's just the fascination combined with the initial outrage and I can't fix everything and make it fair, but at least I can make it more tolerable. You said a single act of compassion can change a person's life forever. In your experience, why do you think we need compassion? I think because nobody, you know, because life is not just this straight path you get on and you just keep going up, 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 up. Everybody has up and downs. And so there's going to be times when you need people to help you and to love you. And I think that's one thing, but I think humans uh, as a species are really meant to be connected. Uh, I think it's just in our DNA. And then compassion though, I think the lack of compassion, I think you're seeing it now when, especially when COVID-19 comes, you know, we've had a lack of compassion for for people who've lost their jobs, um, who've been displaced, lack of compassion for people, immigrants who had to leave their country And then, you know, this terrible thing happens and look how many people can barely survive. It's not because of, you know, not because of anything they did, but because um, there was a lack of compassion that we didn't even care if they had human, basic human rights to healthcare, to having a safe place to live, to have food, to have a job. Why should I care? I think you should care because at the end of the day, we are, whether you recognize the connections or not, we are all connected. And if one person suffers, ultimately, you will suffer too, either because you're cut off from, you live a life very cut off from people and it makes it very fragile life. You need to have compassion because uh, the world is connected. Look at the, you know, everything flows from over, over borders. We we live in a global world and you can't cut off people. So it's almost lack of uh, compassion for people at your own risk. You know, eventually mm. people who, you know, you can't keep people down forever. It's true. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? 
So, okay, here we go. I've only, you know something, Idafi? Last week was the first time I ever used Zoom. Really? And it was very helpful because the following day, I needed to use Zoom for some um, Sabbath services. And I would have been clueless. <laughs> I see. So, so that you you helped me get my first lesson. <laughs> Thank you very much for having it. So, I just wanted yeah. to know from your opinion, like, why do you still do this well? Why? Um, I believe it's a more of a Christian saying, but the idea that you judge a society by how it treats the most vulnerable, the least of these, right? Is that the expression? Yeah. Right. So um, there are so many people in need, you know, including people who were born here, whose citizenship is not in question, but who are desperate. And similarly, people who are in prison, mm -hmm. you know, for crimes or sometimes, you know, despite being innocent. But that's another question. Nevertheless, there's something there's something for me that is just like particularly I don't know, the, the population of people like you, Edafe, people, especially people who have come here from other places and who are locked up for no crime, who are locked up. Just grates on you. Just simply for the act, the completely legal act of coming here, often fleeing for your lives and requesting asylum from what used to be the greatest country on earth. And I hope will be again. But how we treat people, especially the most desperate people, literally fighting for their lives from behind the walls of a detention center, even those who have lawyers, to say that they're fighting their cases with their hands tied behind their back is an understatement. They win the case. Mm -hmm. And at least that means they're physically safe. They're not going to be killed, mm -hmm. you know, for being who they are, for being from where they're from, right? But they have to find a way of surviving. Yeah, it's really hard. And then, and then you know, the hope is that they not only are able to survive, but they're able to find meaning, mm -hmm. right? And that's, you know, that's something that Americans, at least Americans who are not in like a desperate, people like me, people like you, Dorothy, I'm making an assumption. We grow up with the assumption that, yeah, we're gonna get a good education. People ask us, what do you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't always get to do what we want to do, but there is at least a notion, right? And so it, it just feels like important to welcome people. And that's a kind of highfalutin. You know something that I really want you guys to realize? I always say this when I talk in first friend volunteer group meeting is that most of you do not even realize the impact of the work you do because yeah. you don't really come in contact years later with the people you got to help. The lady that used to visit me while I was in detention center, we live on the same zip code now. And we come across each other in Central Park sometimes. And she was like, I never believed that you'll be staying on the Upper West Side in just three years of living in the detention center. Right. And sometimes we take for granted how much those support, encouragement, opportunity to speak to somebody in need, write them later, uh, mm -hmm. visit them. We don't know how it goes a long way to like 
helping the mental health and stability of we that are being resettled. You know, my, my career in the US would have been nothing without the people that I came in contact with in first friend. I say, oh, I like you. I will support you with whatever you do. And sometimes I tell Nick that I just can't imagine or I can't explain how much my life has become better because of the people I came in contact with. Look, the, the actual impact of visiting somebody um, is not something that I think everyone understands, but many of us do once we visit. Yeah. Right? I mean, we want to do it, right? Because mm -hmm. we understand in principle that these people are stuck in an awful isolation and robbed of their own, you know, agency in all kinds of ways. Look, um, Edafe, I don't know if I'm typical, but the very first person I visited within, it might have been on the second visit, it might even have been, no, not the first, the second. You know, we're always told, don't, you know, ask about the past, don't ask about their experiences that brought them here. This guy couldn't stop talking. He started to talk. <laughs> and and the, the woman with whom I was visiting him, we both kind of said, is it, you know, are you really okay? You know, don't, you know, don't feel like you have to tell us, blah, blah, blah. But he had some very, very awful, heavy stuff on his, yeah. on, on his conscience, at least according to him. Not, not, you know, we never felt like anything was his fault. But he was in so much pain and somehow he was able to tell us. And there was, I'm trying to think how to do this without giving too much of it away. A situation, a, a tragedy had occurred um, where the people who were gunning for him didn't find him and instead killed a member of his family. Uh, yeah. The next week we visited or the next time, mm -hmm. he came into the room looking like a different person. He had done it just on that basis, just because he told us all this stuff mm -hmm. and we said, you must talk to your mother, please do it, right? And he did. And I remember that day coming away from the visit feeling like if, if this is all our visiting accomplishes, it's enough. Mm. So in my case, I guess you could say that I did know the impact yeah. because it was, it was so dramatically demonstrated. Just the outlook on the person's face. He looked, he looked physically lighter when he came into the room. Mm. You know, the, it's an expression that you have the whole world on your shoulders or something feels very heavy on you. I've never seen it so perfectly demonstrated. Mm. I see. And, you know, in a couple of cases, um, Dorothy and Edafi, you were both sort of official people with first friends, but this isn't really much of a secret and even make contact with lawyers for appeals. Oh, that's great. And yeah, but we're told not to do that in no certain, no uncertain terms. But it's impossible after getting in touch with the person. Like, I got to knew Dorothy through the person that his bed was close to my bed. I was yeah. like, I was like, okay. Dorothy, Dorothy writes the person. And, you know, it was through Flora, I got to know all of you. Because yeah. Flora was writing Swahili. Uh -huh. What? My daughter. She was... Uh, my, I always visited, but one time I, my daughter was home from college and she was studying Swahili and she's like, oh, I have to practice. 
I said, I bet I know someone who could get you a Swahili speaker. So, <laughs> so then um, the first friends found someone who spoke Swahili, and so she went and spoke to him. And then when my daughter went back to college, then I, I visited him, and now he's out, and he's, he brought his wife and his daughter, and he's expecting his second daughter. Is he from Ethiopia? Tanzania. Tanzania. Uh, uh, right. Like Dorothy, for yeah. example, she didn't visit me while I was in detention. But when I came out, she tried and fostered a relationship with us. Every Easter, since I came out, I've been in Dorothy's place. And maybe yeah. out of my three Thanksgiving, I've done two Thanksgiving in her place. And you wow. know, she has fostered a relationship. Sometimes we are seven people, former detainees that will be at a dinner table. Sometimes we are eight, sometimes we are nine. And I think that that is one thing that I learned from her is that when somebody comes out of detention, I try to outreach to them. I'm like, hey, I, yeah, used, to, yeah. I used to be a detainee before. And I'm having something in my place in New York City. Do you want to come? I remember um, February 1st week, I brought 11 former detainees to my place. I cooked for them mm -hmm. just to like play games and things like that. So they <laughs> have some sort of connection. Yeah, and my, you just want it just makes you want to help more. You know, it's just it's like we've gotten so much and you know, white people have historically, it's just like we're just trying to even the you know, doing what we can to give some of it back. You know, you know, you know to there's something that I think we should also be aware of. That a big part of compassion is barrier, is knowing that you are doing your best as mm -hmm. much as yeah. you can and you are not the cause of the problem yeah. also to know too that you can't do it all there's a point you get to that you say i've tried my best i really wish i can do further but it has gotten to a point where it's taking a toll on me i do it with my organization because i run a direct service organization and sometimes yeah. that is heavy on me Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I just go back and sit, center myself and say, I have done as much as I can at this point, and I cannot yeah. put my health and livelihood at risk to continue to do this. Dorothy, do you want to share your one of the positive of your experience of meeting with post-release? Yeah, I, um, you know, I go, I go back to, you know, I always had thanks to all the holidays in my house. And then little by little, you know, my, all my older family members, everyone started dying. And, and like your life at a certain age, you're so busy, you're so working, you have kids and your family, your parents, and then all of a sudden things start shrinking. And it was really a way to keep my life still growing um, by having all sorts of new people in my new and interesting people in my life that to me was a great pleasure and to see someone that you help grow i mean it's it's very exciting just like you you know when every time Udafi has a success that makes me happy it makes me warm inside you know if there's you know when muhammad does well or you know we have this mutual friend muhammad i mean think how much how hard it was for him to save all that money, to bring his family over. It was, it's amazing. And then his job and he's working and I just, it's inspiring. It makes me try new things or, you know, it makes think things are more possible for me, whatever I want to do. So I think it it's, uh, just gives you a new kick in life. Keeps True. you young. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for putting this together. Thank you for listening. We need compassion in our society. 
It helps to be better people, foster connection with new people, build a better world. But it's also important to take note of the fact that you cannot do it all alone and you should not put your life and livelihood at risk for it. Thank you for being a part of this journey. This podcast is a companion to my upcoming book, Compassion is What More. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps the show to be discovered by new listeners. It's a good thing to do as we try to spread the message of compassion.